Hello, my name is David Shire, and this is how it's going so far. And again, uh, we're kind of rebranding this. So this is now going to be kind of a strictly reality TV slash pop culture podcast and the greatest one at that. I mean, we said that last week, but I want to reiterate this point this week. Um, th this last week, I missed I missed the Tuesday episode and I felt uh, deeply regretful of it. But uh, I started to realize that if I'm going to cover Survivor, I should probably do an episode the day after. And unfortunately, I have been like sick all this week. Now, nothing too major. I did a, um, I did an at-home COVID test, and it turned out uh, negative. Uh, did another one uh, recently, so uh, everything's good on that front. I've just had this like cold and sinus thing, and so a couple of things happened this week as far as like reality TV uh, news <laughs> and things I've been doing. So the reason why I hopped on this podcast, I wasn't actually planning on doing a podcast episode this week, but uh, I just experienced maybe the most fun reality TV show that I have seen in quite some time in Netflix's brand new hit show, or it's going to be a hit show, uh, The Ultimatum to Marry or Not to Marry, I think is the official title of this show. Yeah. Oh, marry or move on. Sorry. Holy cow. What what a terrible and amazing idea. So to give a little context of what I think about kind of dating reality TV shows, I honestly don't understand them. The Bachelor has been a show that I've been following these last couple of seasons, and it seems that every single season is just a complete train wreck. They bring in the worst the people on planet Earth to date one of the worst men I've <laughs> ever seen uh, on a reality show. Like every single season, they somehow find a really terrible man who's super indecisive and they say, hey, man, that's indecisive. Date 30 women and then hopefully make a decision by the end of the season that makes sense. And every single time I've watched the show, it's ended in complete and utter disaster. Uh, first season that I watched was Peter Weber's season, and Peter couldn't make a decision to save his life. He ends up choosing a Christian girl, even though uh, Christianity is not Peter's thing. <laughs> and, and ends up breaking up with her like a day after he chooses her. Um, and and then recently with Colton season, Colton ended up choosing somebody that left him after he after the fantasy suites. So Colton season got to fantasy suites. He sleeps with two of the three women. He tells the third woman that, hey, I slept with these two women, but hey, like it's still fantasy suite time. Right. And then she ends up leaving. He then tells the other two women that he's told them that he loves them, uh, which, you know, totally like throws them off. So they're threatened to leave. Then he convinces those two women to stay. And then he decides, you know what? I didn't want those two women to stay, actually. I actually want to chase after the third one. And so he, he goes back. <laughs> and I'm, I'm watching this unfold in Bachelor fan take, and I'm like, why does anybody go on these dating shows? It just seems like an awful, awful idea. And now I maybe found the worst, the worst dating show idea to go on in this show, The Ultimatum, Marry or Move On. So what's the premise of this show? Why is it so objectively terrible. <laughs> Why is it so entertaining to watch? Well, all right. So here's the premise. So each couple is on the brink of breaking up. They're on the absolute edge. All these couples have dated for about two years. And so what ends up happening is that one of the cup, one of the pe people in the couple gives the other an ultimatum saying, look, either we're going to get married or we're going to move on. And then they go on this show and they have to date other people in the similar situation of being on the brink of breaking up or getting married and spending the rest of their lives together. And it is just, it is so wacky. And 
not only that, they have to like spend three weeks living like the married life with this one person. And then afterwards, they have to live three weeks with the person that they originally came with. And I honestly have no idea how the show is going to go. I've only seen the first episode, but I just want to talk about it so badly on this podcast that I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't wait. Like, because <laughs> I'm going to lose interest rapidly, quickly once the show is over. And I just need, I need to get my thoughts out right away. So right away, the show is also hosted by Vanessa and Nick Lachey, who you might know from other Netflix reality hits, such as Love is Blind, an equally messy show uh, that recently ended with a, uh, 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 misogynist and Shay like giving a speech about like women's and rights and it's just like awful like it's another one of these awful shows where people are jumping to conclusions to get married and I don't know why Nick and Vanessa Lachey have like this market for uh, for these really trashy but like really highly entertaining uh, reality TV shows but you know you you gotta work it <laughs> apparently Nick was like a like a pop star before I don't know why, why him and him and his wife have decided to do this but it's just it's so fun to see them and they kind of explain why they believe in the premise of the show in the beginning where they have like all the couples uh interdu- all the couples um are together they they state to the couples that um that before they got married they were dating for five years and living together and that they uh they went off to date other people and eventually they kind of found out that like when they were dating other people that there wasn't like you know, that, you know, they discovered that there was things that they didn't like or appreciate about their partners. So they ended up coming back together. But I think that anecdotally, this situation just is not the same. Like you're dating other people who like suck in the outside world. Now, I've been on the dating scene for like quite some time uh, here uh, in just the Seattle, Washington area. And it's very like it's it's hard. It's difficult. And like I'm not saying that I'm a perfect saint either. I'm not saying like I'm a huge catch. But like there's just so many factors that go on when you're dating like people that you don't know. Right. But these but, you know, it's 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 strangers. And eventually you could go on one date you can kind of vibe it out with somebody i made a lot of good friends just by going on dates with uh, a bunch of different women and it's been kind of this nice refreshing experience but i'm not like dating people who are currently in relationships and very tumultuous ones at that and so the fact that nick and vanessa lachey are trying to relate to these people on this level is just totally bonkers to me even in the starting premise of the show and what was super interesting in watching this first episode is that they don't really introduce the couple in like the traditional sense they don't like bring them all in kind of like I was watching uh, uh, I watched a couple of episodes of uh, what was it it wasn't Temptation Island or what, what was it? It was uh, Love is Hard or something like that, where like typically what they would do on these shows is they would introduce the couples one by one and greet them all in the seating area. Whereas in this show, they already kind of had people already sitting down and then they only introduced like two couples, which I thought was kind of an interesting change of pace. And so basically what I'm going to do right now is I'm just going to kind of break down each of the couples and talk a little bit about what some of their issues are that they brought to this show. And so let's Let's go ahead. Let's talk about the first couple that's introduced. And I wrote this a little out of order, but um, so the first couple I inter- that was introduced was Alexis and Hunter. And Alexis was the one who gave the ultimatum. Sorry, I'm having trouble connecting to the internet. Sorry about that. It looks that. like an issue. Okay. 
Sorry, I said Alexis, and then my Alexa went off. So I don't know if you heard that, but, but I'm keeping that in the podcast. There's no dead air on this podcast, all right? I am so pumped and ready to go. So Alexis and Hunter, uh, they were probably one of the more boring couples, honestly. Like, they, they seem to have their problems, but it doesn't really... Like, I, I think I think it will work out. Like, Hunter just doesn't seem like a very personable guy. And Alexis, uh, very well, Alexis becomes a little bit more entertaining as the episode goes on. But Alexis really wants to get married. Um, and she really just feels that she's, like, in a place in her life where she really wants to marry Hunter. But Hunter is very much more so just noncommittal to the relationship. And overall, their story is kind of um, less interesting than some of the other couples, especially the next one coming up. But you can kind of see, uh, as Alexis kind of progresses through this episode, you can kind of see why Hunter maybe is not the most keen on marrying her, but we'll get into that a little bit further down the line. Uh, The next couple that we meet is Colby and Madeline, and I love this couple. I love this pairing because Colby is the person, surprisingly, who gives the ultimatum. And I think it was stated in the episode, if I'm not mistaken, that Colby's the only guy who gave the ultimatum to the girl. And Colby very much so feels to me like a guy who is very into this one specific girl, but she is definitely not into him. Like when we first meet this couple, like he gives her a kiss on, uh, he gives Madeline a kiss on the side of her face. And she just like, she looks so annoyed <laughs> by everything that Colby's doing. And you can tell that Colby's like this really affectionate guy. Uh, he states that he met Madeline and, uh, in, uh, I think they met in college, like his maybe freshman year. And he knew right away that she was going to be the one. But like when she's like with him, you can just get this sense that she is just not happy to be there. Like you, she just has this like stone cold face whenever she like is around him. And you can tell that it like, it's really tearing Colby apart. <laughs> every time every time that he's trying to show his love to Madeline and Madeline is just super not into it and you're just like and it starts to come become clear as the show's premise of like if you're on this TV show and it's like it's a question of marriage versus like breaking up I feel like if your decision is to go on this TV show why not just break up you know <laughs> like why not why not save yourself the trouble of podcasters like me coming on and talking about your like horrible 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 things about your relationship like I don't like just break up like if my girlfriend if I was dating a girl first off if I was dating a girl for two years and I still wasn't sure I was gonna marry her I would I would never let it get to that point you know? like, I, at least I hope I wouldn't right and the fact that these people have gotten to themselves to this point and the fact that they are just, they're just, I don't, I don't understand. Like, and the fact that, like, that they want to air out their kind of dirty laundry on, on Netflix on this, such a big platform is just bonkers to me, but I couldn't stop watching. And I am going to continue watching it until I am done with this season tonight. I don't even care. I know, I know I have things to do tomorrow, but I can't stop watching. I got to at least see what the choices are. But anyway, going back to Colby, um, and Madeline, it just, it felt to me that their energy was just so negative and so toxic. And Madeline even says as much. And as like, as you look around, I noticed that in this episode, 
they when the couples are like first introduced, uh, they're all sitting on this like patio roof thing. It looks pretty nice, and all the couples are sitting together except for Madeline and Colby. They're sitting in like separate chairs. You know, they're like Colby's trying to give like Madeline some looks, and she's just like, oh, you know, like not super interested into him. And then the segment ends with her uh, saying that she's already super attractive to this other guy in the group, Randall. And so with that, let's go ahead and transition to uh, Randall. And Shay, I think it was, yeah, Shay. So, so Shay is the one that gave the ultimatum. And, um, I feel, I feel, what do I feel about, uh, Shay? Let me look at my notes here. Okay. So Shay, like Shay and Randall, what they, what they're in, what their big issue is, is that Randall feels like he's just not ready to be married. You know, he feels like he has a, apparently he has a bunch of debt and he feels that Shay is maybe more is also not ready for uh, actual marriage. He feels that maybe she is more so like more of a spender and she's not financially responsible. And for that reason, he does not want to really commit to marriage, you know? And that's the thing with a lot of these couples too, is that it like, I don't think, I don't think maybe that they are ready to get married, you know? Like, I think that maybe if they give themselves, like, another year and figuring out, like, what they want, or maybe, like, another six months and figuring out what they want, maybe there is a chance that they could just continue to work as, like, a couple and then get married for some of these couples. Like, but I don't know. <laughs> but obviously, maybe not. Maybe maybe I'm completely insane because obviously, like, something's wrong enough that you have to go on this Netflix reality show. But I feel like Shay... Uh, I feel like... um Randall here, it feels like a really sensible guy and feels like somebody that like that isn't really into the premise of the show, um, but he's like willing to go along with it. And no- nothing more to say, like nothing more to say uh, about this except for uh, during during the episode, they spend one final night together as a couple. And the first thing that happens after uh, Randall and Shay are done is that Shay immediately starts crying because she realizes that she probably, like Job in Arrested Development, she's probably made a huge mistake. And she ends up talking uh, to, she ends up like crying to Shay and he ends up, he ends up comforting her, which I think is a really good sign. But again, with Randall very clearly going to get paired up with uh, Madeline from I, I don't know what's going to happen and I'm really excited to see what, what goes on with that relationship but I do think that Randall and Shay have like a strong maybe stick together but not get married energy uh, to the end of this show uh, but needless to say let's just continue on here let's go ahead and let's talk about let's talk about a, uh, let's see here Let's talk about April and Jake. April and Jake were the first couple that we see uh, post the introductions. Uh, they're the first couple that we see like what their final night was. And honestly, like when I was watching it, I was I was very surprised by this one because their energy together was like really really good. And I really love April, and I continue to love her uh, throughout this episode. But uh, it seems it seems that April was the one who issued the ultimatum, and. And it's like they have this like very intense conversation. They've been together for about three years. And again, what Jake is saying is he's saying that a lot of it is coming down to financials. A lot of it's coming down to uh, like him just not knowing exactly what he wants. And April points out that, you know, like I stayed with you while you were in the military. He just got out of the military and he's still trying to like wanting to go out and wanting to explore, wanting to travel. But they like 
during their conversation, they're always just like so lovey-dovey towards each other. And April is like very much so like this very fun, bubbly personality where he seems a little bit more stock and serious. And I really like this coupling, but I f- <laughs> by the end of the episode, you feel like this one is going to be a little bit more dramatic than maybe uh, than maybe it seems. Like when they're first introduced, you feel like, oh yeah, no, one hundred percent, they are they are lockstep. They are going to go go in by uh, go in. Uh, Go in, get out, get married, get the ring, you know, have have a happy life together. But by the end of the episode, there's it feels like it feels like April may be a bit territorial, the most territorial of uh, of the ladies. And for good reason, I think that her relationship with Jake, at least in the start, shows to be very solid. But we'll see. We'll see if that continues to be solid. If there's a lot of drama that sparks from this issue uh, from like you know, being on the show, essentially, which again, is a problem. <laughs> if you're, if you're gonna, if you're gonna do this to your couple, like, don't, like, maybe just go to couples therapy. Don't, don't wait, air this out on Netflix, but whatever, like, <laughs> I guess live your own life, right? Uh, a couple other people, uh, let's see, uh, so actually it was Shanique and Randall, should have said that. I think uh, Ray and Zay, that's another couple. Now, this one was super interesting because Ray's the person that initiated the ultimatum, but it becomes very clear that she is not sure about Shay. Like she said, like she gets asked even a question uh, <laughs> during uh, during those confessionals where she's basically point blank asked if she loves Shay, and she's very much non-committal to that answer. She's just like, you know, like I don't know, do I really even have to answer that question? Is that like the last question? And so it was giving me really interesting like vibes and. And I don't know, she like just felt very closed off. Like Shay was Shay, even though he's the one that supposedly is not committal in this relationship, he like very much wanted to talk to her and like very much ask her, like, hey, do you even really like me? Like, I don't I don't really know what's going on. And I was really feeling for Shay in this moment because it felt like to me that Ray wanted to be like the good person in the relationship, but she kind of was like, you know, like emotionally. I want to say manipulating because that's like that's too far, right? I I don't want to like I don't want to when I cover one of these shows I don't want to like drag these people too too hard, which I've been doing, but you know, <laughs> but I don't want to be like overly cruel about like my commentary. It just felt it just felt off, you know, like it felt like I was feeling more sympathetic towards Shay than I was feeling towards Ray in this moment, and. And uh, Shay, like he, like they're talking, they're talking about it, and it's like this very intense conversation. And by the way, all these conversations on the last night that th- these couples are together are so intense, and it's like any, it's unlike anything I've ever seen on a dating show. Because usually on a dating show, there's like a lot of awkwardness, like especially in The Bachelor, there's a lot of awkwardness because these people don't know each other, right? Like these people are talking, you know, they're getting to know each other, and uh, and they're you know, they're exploring and like, there's sometimes awkwardness, you know, maybe like, you know, a country girl dates the city boy or whatever. And, and things aren't just like meshing right away. But this is, this is a lot different. This is what I kind of enjoy about the show is that you really are seeing like these couples like talk deeply about their issues in a way that I've never seen on any other reality TV show. And it's really fascinating. And what I find fascinating about Shay and their conversation is that, Ray mentions that she wants to date somebody that's the exact opposite of Shay. And Shay's like, well, why would you want to do that? Like, why, like, I want, like, do you even, like, that, 
that proves to me that you don't like a lot of what I do because otherwise, why would you want to date somebody that's like the complete opposite of me? And Ray doesn't really have a good response to this question. And I, and I was like, yeah, what? Yeah, what the heck? Why? Why, why, why is this going on? And, and even Shay like mentions like, hey, like I feel like I'm the one who gave the ultimatum. Like, why do why do I feel this way? When it's like you're the one who said you wanted to be here and wanted to test me. You know, like why do I feel like I'm testing you? And why can't I get you to open up about your life? And I just thought it was like, yeah. Yeah, this feels this feels very different. It was very very interesting. And so, who else was there? I think that's it as far as the couples. I might have forgotten somebody, and, and I'm deeply sorry if I did. But actually, actually, there is one person I forgot. One coupling I did forget, and luckily I have them right here. They're Lauren and Nate, and I found Lauren and Nate to be kind of interesting in the sense that Nate seems like a very I think Nate. I think Nate was the one who also issued the ultimatum as well. And so, okay, so I was wrong. I was wrong. I, Colby was not the only person who issued the ultimatum. Nate did as well. But Nate was very forgettable in my defense. <laughs> so, Nate is his own business owner, and he's he's ready. You know, he's thirty years old. I think he's the oldest person on this cast. Like that was another thing about the show is that there's a lot of twenty five year olds. And turning 26 this year and like thinking about getting married at this point in my life is also kind of crazy. But again, I've never been in a relation. I Like the longest relationship I've ever been in is a year. And these people have like been dating each other for two years. And so I guess I'm not in the right space, headspace to really fully appreciate the show. But anyway, so Lauren and Nate, Lauren, Lauren is is really reluctant to marry Nate because she she's like afraid of having kids. And she just he she just doesn't want to have kids. And Nate very much wants to have children. And so, like, really what they're kind of fighting against is, like, this idea of having kids together, right? And that's, like, kind of this big thing. And it, it at first, I'm like, I don't really know about this couple. But it becomes more interesting as we kind of move on to the next portion of the, of the episode, which is when the couples, after their first night, start to date each other. Now, first off, this is very weird, right? Because they're basically, like, I, the way I thought it was going to go is I thought they were going to, like, have the couples really separated and, like, in different areas and, like, doing their own thing, right? But it seems that, like, the producers instead were, like, giving them classic, like, cups of wine and, like, dr- and like alcohol and, like, silver cups so you can tell how much how much alcohol the contestants were drinking. And I'm assuming at some points that the contestants were very drunk because I can't... I, I, I would be drinking like a monster if I was put in this situation. <laughs> like, I would be double fisting every single... every single alcoholic beverage I could find because they're not... they're not separate from their... from their loved one. You know? <laughs> like, they, like, they're all, like, just at this... At, on top of this roof with a pool and and their loved one is literally an earshot away while they're like talking and flirting with other people. And my golly, what a decision by the producers. This is this is absolutely insane. And it just it makes every single scene like I'm amazed. I'm amazed this didn't turn into the Hunger Games and that these people aren't murdering each other by the end of the show. And it, I feel like the episode ends on a cliffhanger where you're like, oh, my gosh, this is about to get real catty really fast for good reasons. But, but my gosh, what what a decision! But there's a lot of really interesting conversations that come out of it. Now let's see. Let's get back to my notes here. So 
yeah, so there's like just a lot of really interesting conversations. I think the person that we followed the most is probably Colby and his journey of like talking to the different wi- different women. Uh, it really starts off uh, with April, I will say. Uh, April, again, very fun personality. And right away, she's talking to all the men and she's just at Point Blake asking them like, hey, why don't you want to get married? And she's the person that points out the fact that like every like a lot, like three out of the six guys say like, oh, yeah, you know, like we're just not financially ready for that. And she's like, B.S. If you're saying that you're either lying or <laughs> you're either lying or you're just being dumb. And I, she's like, she's so sick and tired of these men not being financially responsible. I'm like, you go queen absolutely like who yeah like because clearly that's a lie right like not all these guys are like in dire straits and when you're getting married like i've i've been to a lot of weddings these last couple years and you know like when you get married like yes it's nice like uh one couple i know they got married after both of them graduated college and yeah maybe they weren't like the most financially sound at the time but they both just wanted to graduate college and they both got married and i thought it was a very smart decision by them i know a couple that got married right out of high school and a uh, part of that was because of uh the military training uh, that uh, the husband was going on and that made a lot of sense to me, you know? Like, there's, like, things that happen and things that pop up in life where you're like, yes, this is an inconvenience, but if you really love each other, you still kind of just get married and work out, work out. But these guys are clearly not in that situation, but they still need a reason to uh, not get married. So they've been saying like, oh yeah, financials, you know, <laughs> like, and April, April calling that out was super fun. She also gets this really fun confessional where she's like, I'm financially secure. I mean, I paid for these babies and pointing at her breasts. <laughs> and it was just, it just uh, like April was just so fun during this episode. And I really, I really loved the energy she, that she was giving. And even though she might get a villain at it, as we can kind of continue down the season, I thought that in this episode she is particularly fun and she ends up talking to Colby and Colby is very much so like not like uh He's, he's like into it a little bit, like right. He's he's like having a good time. He's talking to her. He's like really enjoying himself, but he's still he's still not quite sure if he has like really solid feelings about this. Um, we also cut to uh, Madeline and Randall having a conversation, and Madeline like very much so is into Randall, and she's like laughing at all his jokes, and that both of them are like really getting really bonding super well. And you can tell that this is kind of irritating Colby, and uh, Madeline gets a lot of really int- like biting confessionals about she she's the one that really complains about Colby and saying that like she she just finds him super annoying and that like she doesn't believe that he can be like this happy-go-lucky guy all the time and to me that's like such red flags <laughs> like holy cow like that is so so terrible and she even states that like by the like her final confessional like going into Colby talking to April is she states that there's like no way that Colby is going to be like this ride or die guy you know like there's no way that he, he doesn't even want to admit that he's going to have a good time here because he's he's like not because like he wants to present himself as like the perfect the perfect guy right and it's just like what are you talking about <laughs> like like this guy is so so into you and you're just gonna throw that away just because like i don't i don't get it and i think this sets up colby to really have like this hero uh hero run here because we basically after that conversation we basically get his conversation with april 
We then get a conversation with Alexis, and Alexis is also super into Colby. And this this conversation was pretty interesting. You know, she states that she's like super into him, but then like during her confessional, she also states that um, the, what part of the reasons why she dates Hunter is likes Hunter is because of how much money he's making, and she does. And she says like, look, if Hunter wasn't making the amount of money that he's making, uh, I don't think I would continue dating him. In fact, I think I'd leave him. And I've never told him any, I've never told Hunter that. <laughs> so, so with that, uh, they're, they're continuing to have this conversation. And Colby uh, has a confessional that was taken later in the day. Because um, like, it, like, like you can tell because like by the time he gets a confessional, like it's like nighttime, like where they're having this conversation during the day, which I thought was also kind of funny. Uh, but he like talks to the camera and he's like, yeah, I don't think I can provide Alexis with what she wants. So I don't, and good luck to the man who ever marries her. You know? <laughs> I, just, I really loved Colby in this moment. I really loved Colby throughout this episode. To me, he was the MVP and uh, it wasn't even close. Like he was so fun and he just gives off like puppy dog energy. Like when he and Marilyn were first getting like uh, broken up, uh, like he was, he was like the one crying and it was just like, it was really refreshing to see like a character kind of like him on television vision because then we go to his next conversation his next conversation is actually with lauren uh who you can recall is the woman who wasn't really sure if she wanted to have kids and colby and her talk about having kids and he's very open about like the fact that he is he is a family man like one day he will want to have children but he's also scared he's like he's terrified of having kids and part of the thing that like comforts him and and knowing that like he like in having kids is that um, he feels that that if he finds the right partner that they're going to go through it together you know like if if she is having a bad day and she needs someone to pick up the slack that he would he would feel responsible to be that person and Lauren really talks to him about this and she talks about like you know like like even having a child like she's like scared of that you know like tw- like 75% of it is parenting 25% of it is actually going through the process of having a child and Colby's like yeah you know like i don't know what it's like you know being uh, having to fear that, but you know, like, and that's a totally valid thing. And he's like very, like, you could tell that he's like very good at just talking to people and like relating to them on emotional level. And that's what I really, really dig about him, uh, throughout the episode. But especially in this conversation that he's having with Lauren, you can tell that they're really vibing. And I don't really know who I'm like rooting for as far as like a choice goes between Colby and Lauren, or between Colby and Lauren or Colby and, um, in April, but I could see it either way, and I'd actually be happy with either because I feel like both their conversations were super good. April, I think, would be the more like fun friendship energy choice, but Lauren maybe something different, like a little bit deeper. But either way, <laughs> the fact that I'm already rooting for Colby to break up with his girlfriend is a sign of how bad his relationship might actually be. But who knows? Maybe they end up together, and if they do, hopefully they're happy. But but this conversation, I felt um, it was interesting because like. Like by the end of the conversation, Lauren's like, you know what? Maybe I am more open to having kids than I originally thought. It's just like through one conversation, one conversation with one person, like that is not your significant other. You're open to making this life changing decision. And she's, and it makes sense, you know, like why she's a little bit more hesitant with her, uh, with her current partner, Nate, because Nate is a business owner and he's works a lot and she's worried that she would be the only one doing the parenting. But I just, I found it so interesting that like it really took one conversation with Colby for her to completely change her tune about wanting to have kids. And so 
There's a couple other interesting conversations. The one, the last interesting conversation that I wrote down was actually between uh, Jake and and Ray. And the thing that they open up about, which I found was super interesting, was that they were talking about like their relationship with their moms. And specifically, Jake was talking about how like how he just feels this deep connection with his mother and Ray's like, yeah, you know, like, like people don't really understand it, but like, I would tell my mom like, Hey, I'm going to go to this party or whatever. There's maybe going to be drugs and alcohol or whatever. And like, as long as I told her, like, she's like my best friend and I could just be open and honest with her. And I thought that was really cool. Like, cause that reminds me a little bit of my relationship with my mom. Like not saying that I was like a bad kid or anything like that, but if I was going to somewhere where there was like alcohol or like where, like if I was to go out anywhere, I would just tell my mom, and no matter what, she'd be like super open to it. And I would always be conscious about that and always be like reticent, like hesitant to do anything like super terrible at like one of these parties. And they talk about that in the show. And I thought that was a really interesting thing that I can relate to both of them on this. And what was really interesting is really interesting watching Ray immediately open up to Jake in a way that um, that maybe she hasn't with Zay um, in a long, long time. And it was also interesting seeing that Jake was so quick to change his tune because he said he wasn't ready for marriage. But then like at the end of this one confessional, he's like, well, maybe if I met the right person, maybe I'd be more open to it. And you're just like, what, Jake? Come on, dude. Like April seems like a really cool, cool lady. Like, why would you why would you backstab her so quickly? You know, but as things kind of progress throughout the episode, you see that maybe uh, things aren't, uh, aren't always super kosher with uh, April. But well, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. There was another thing about with Jake and April that I thought was really funny. I didn't write it down in my notes. So this is a bit of a rabbit trail. But going back to uh, when they were experiencing their last night, uh, before April and Jake leave the room to go on these first dates, like April's like stepping on Jake's back and like giving him like this back massage by like standing on top of him. And I thought that was kind of weird, but also weirdly sweet. I don't know. <laughs> like, I've never had that, you know, I like I don't think. I don't know if I'd ever want that, you know, like having somebody like literally step on me, but you know, maybe it would be really comfortable. I don't know. Like I'll, I'll need to come back to you on this, uh, listeners, because, uh, if I experience it and I really love it, then obviously I'm going to change my tune. But, uh, right now I, I am undecided about how I feel about people stepping on me to give me a massage. Cause like right now I just feel like I'd want like my hands, like the you know, classic hand massage, you know, I don't want like anything like that big. All right. Anyway, moving on to the final portion of this episode. Uh, these are long episodes, but like I was thoroughly engaged. Like I, like sometimes when I'm watching, like uh, I did a binge of Survivor this week and uh, of one season of Survivor, and even watching that, I was like kind of on my phone and not really paying attention. Uh, this, this I was completely glued, and plus I had to like furiously write notes because I like started the episode and then I was like, oh, I need to write notes on this, so I started furiously writing notes about everything I was watching. Um, so the final portion of this conversation, the the night is. Um, is like they're all getting dressed up. They're all getting bougied out. You know, Jake's wearing a suit apparently for the first time in his life, according to April. And so they're all getting all dressed up. Uh, they're sipping out of their uh, their really big, like chunky uh, wine glasses. So we can't tell how much they're drinking. And we see we they all start like with this drinking game that's super cringy where like the idea is you either drink or you answer a question and uh, a lot of a lot of things get revealed uh like 
the first question that's asked to the guys is like, hey, which guy are you most threatened by on who's going on uh, who's going home with who? And uh, Jake is like, oh, yeah, Randall right away. <laughs> and, so, and then Colby's like, uh, yeah, probably Randall, you know. And then if you're too uncomfortable to answer the question, the question, then you just take a sip. And uh, another I think it was like it was very it was very tough to watch. But like one of the things that like the big moment that happens here is that uh, is that the, the one of the guys asks the girls like, well, who is it that you are most interested in? Like currently out of the guys. And, you know, most of the girls drink except for Madeline. Madeline just straight up says, I would prefer to date Randall. And you, you could just see the look in Colby's eyes like this little spark of light just slowly getting diminished. And then like a polar bear comes in and like dumps a bucket of water on his fire that he had in his eyes. And he just looks so sad and so defeated (laughs) in this moment. And I am, I am eating it up, but I'm also very sad for Colby. Um, Like it was, it was very terrible. And watching this whole segment, which is so cringy. I can't even imagine, like I've been in situations like this before, not like to this extent, but where you're like in this situation where you feel like you want to have like a one-on-one with somebody, but like you're in this group setting. And so everybody wants to like discuss like really hardcore drama that maybe you're not comfortable with discussing. And so, and adding the alcohol of course is not that good. So they do this for a little bit. Eventually what ends up happening is elect is that, you know, they're about to make their final decisions. And so Alexis uh, during the game says that she's also like really interested in Colby. Colby like looks like, oh, no, like this is a bad sign. So they end up going on on a side by side one on one Alexis and Colby. And Alexis is like, so what? So like, what did you think of that game? I thought it was cool. Like we should all play games or whatever. It's like, Colby's like, yeah, you know, like it's great. You know, like he's 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 not feeling this. Right. And right away, Alexis like, well, so what did you think about my answer to the question of like who likes who and Colby's like you know like I don't really see us like being like a couple and like getting married you know so I don't want to like I don't want to lead you on or he doesn't say I don't want to lead you on but he's like I I just don't see this working out and oh my gosh Alexis is so pissed off at Colby for doing this and I'm just like why like why 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 are you mad at Colby he doesn't want to waste your time you know (laughs) like you've known each other for like a couple of hours, like if that, I don't know how long like they filmed the uh, the opening day sequence, and I don't know how much time is they spent like thinking about this. But it just it felt it felt like totally outrageous that Alexis was this pissed. And I don't I think it's actually a bad sign for her relationship with Hunter if she was already ready to really commit to this relationship with Colby, having only known him for like a couple hours. But I really again I really like Colby here because he was like, look, you know. Um, I don't want to hang out with you, basically. And this this brings me to another thought of this show, is that, like, all these couples are going to have to spend time with at least one other person in this couple, right? So, like, what if... What if it is just like a total train wreck, you know? Like what if what if none of these couples are compatible? And I kind of wonder what the casting process was on this. Like, did the cast know... When they cast uh, Ray and Jake specifically, did they know that they were really close to their mothers? Like, how much, like, was given in these questionnaires that they give these reality stars, you know? Like, I'm super curious. If I, if the show becomes big enough and I get to interview one of these people, uh, oh my gosh, yes. Yes, I am going to do it. And I'm going to ask so many questions and I'm going to be so excited. But for now, I, I just have, like, all these questions in my head about, like, what the, uh, what the actual casting process was for this show. And so, uh, the night ends with, uh, Ray, um, not Ray, um, no, Ray, yeah, Ray and Jake, uh, they start having a conversation and they really start opening up about, you know, like, 
like what they're really looking for in this relationship where uh where uh Jake is talking to Ray and he's like, you know, like what was it? Like you're the one who said that you wanted to uh give the ultimatum to Mary Zay, but I can't get a read on you. It feels like you're very closed off and like I can't I can't read you at all. And and Ray is like talking to Jake and he's like, "Well, what what, do you, what were you expecting when you came into this?" And he's like, "Honestly, I wanted to be really closed off. Like I was like I was really dead set on marrying April, but you kind of opened me up like and we've had like these really comfortable conversations." And, and, you know, they're laughing together. They're like having a good time. And then again, like, like, again, like, I, I would be drinking so much. Like I would be, I would be blackout drunk <laughs> and eat these things because April is sitting at the bar, like a couple of feet away. And she hears Jake laughing and she hears Jake having a good time. And she's just, she's just like, I'm trying not to look at them, but you know, I have to know. And so the episode ends with, April and I think it was Zach. Yeah, I think. Yeah, hold on. Who was it? I think. It, yeah, it was Zach. I think Nate. Oh my gosh, I completely forgot Nate's name. <laughs> like what? What, what a terrible! What a terrible thing! I forgot who Nate was. But anyway, so she goes up over to uh, to their table, to uh, Ray and Jake's table, and sits down next to them with Nate just kind of being there awkwardly. And the episode ends with a little stare off between April and Ray. And the episode closes in my golly, what a start to a show! Um, I don't think. I try to stay out of like train wreck Netflix TV shows. Like usually, usually like I'll watch maybe a couple episodes. Like I remember I watched a couple episodes of Married at First Sight and I just was like, you know, this isn't fun. This isn't really for me. Like I don't really feel like I'm getting anything out of this. Whereas this one, I feel like, I don't know, like there's something about like watching like actual couples interact who have been together for a long time and then going through this that I feel I feel like elevates it in a way like the drama and it's like way more messy and way more worse, but like, I can't, I can't take my eyes off of it and I don't know. I don't know what it is. And I'm going to watch the second episode cause I need to see who chooses who, uh, based off of the first episode. I need to figure out what happened with April. Um, this might be the only time I ever talk about the show. I might talk about it next week and give you like a series bro- retrospective, but I needed to record my thoughts on this first episode because holy cow, what a train wreck. I cannot wait to watch more. And that's it. So as in conclusion, um, as in closing notes, uh, if you like this podcast, like obviously like giving it a listen is great. Uh, if you want to interact with me on Twitter or on, um, on Facebook, I, I have a Facebook uh, page, uh, how it's going so far, or you can follow me at David Shire. Just give me suggestions. Like Tell me like a reality show that you want me to watch or like want me to react to because this was super fun for me. Like I, this is the most fun I've had recording this podcast in a while. Maybe since we did the X-Files podcast with my mom. Uh, but anyway, like, yeah, just give me ideas. Give me suggestions because I, I, I love this. Like this, this is so fun. And, um, and on a more serious note, um, I'll also be posting links. I forgot last time to do this, but I'll be posting links to help out with um, – the, the situation going on with Ukraine, the ongoing situation going on with Ukraine. If you want to help out the refugees and support and donate money, uh, to them, like obviously, um, I, uh, that would be, 
that would be really great. Um, I've donated some money of my own um, and I still want to kind of continue pushing that because I don't feel, because sometimes I feel like in life people forget about what's going on around in the world. And like, I felt like I felt that way more so this week in like this last week of things going on. Cause like uh, at the time of this recording, uh, Will Smith like slapped Chris Rock at the Oscars. And it feels like that really diverted attention from like actual conflict that's going on in the world, you know? And so I want to kind of bring that back like every single week that I can and just kind of come back and be like, yeah, that was kind of like this weird thing that happened. But let's like focus on like maybe things that matter more. And so uh, if you can, if, I'll post some links to donate to that cause. And hopefully, uh, hopefully uh, people do like if 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 even one person donates like five dollars, I'd be happy that like I did something kind of good and to, and gave that out to the world. Um, ag- again, um, other things going on. If you want to help uh, support the podcast and like monetarily yourself, um, I'd say donate to the Ukrainian thing first uh, to help Ukrainian uh, refugees first. But if you want to help out the podcast, I do have a Patreon if you want to support the podcast. I'll, I'll figure something out to do with the Patreon. I'm kind of looking into different ideas of what I can do to uh, better facilitate like a good Patreon experience. I've been kind of doing some research as far as that. But otherwise, um, again, this has been David Shire, and that's how it's going so far.